This week, we continue our series on the life of Jacob. And I want to invite you, if you have your Bible, could you please open with me to the book of Genesis? I want to invite you to come with me to Genesis chapter 27. And I want to set the stage for you about our subject today. Uh, We're talking about Isaac. And as Isaac gets older, the Bible tells us that he wants to bestow a blessing on his two sons. And if you read in verse 2, And in verse 3, he asks Esau, who was the firstborn, he asks him to go and to prepare a special meal in anticipation of this blessing. It's verse 5, however, that I want to draw your attention to today because I want you to notice that Rebecca was listening And notice what she did. Now, here's verse 5. I'm reading from the New King James Version. Now, Rebekah was listening when Isaac spoke to Esau, his son. And Esau went went to the field to hunt game and to bring it. Verse 6. So Rebekah spoke to Jacob, her son, saying, Indeed, I heard your father saying, Father, speak to Esau, your brother, saying, Verse 7, bring me game and make savory food for me, that I may eat it and bless you in the presence of the Lord before my death. Verse 8, now therefore, my son, obey my voice according to what I command you. Verse 9, go now to the flock and bring me from there two choice kids of the goats, and I will make savory food from them for your father such as he loves. Verse 10, then you shall take it to your father that he may eat it and that he may bless you before his death. I want to ask you a simple question today. Did Rebecca love her son, yes or no? She did. I mean, if you read the story of Jacob and Esau, you will discover that Isaac the father favored Esau. And Rebecca the mother She favored Jacob. I want to say this because I'm a parent, and there's parents in here today. It's dangerous when we favor children, certain children above others, okay? (laughs) And the Bible has numerous stories about this, but in this particular story, it's very clear that Rebecca loved Jacob. But I want to ask you a question, and this is not hard. Don't overthink this question. But I need to ask this question in order for you to understand the first point of this message today. And that is, did Rebecca, in in doing what she did, was she making a mistake? In other words, is what Rebecca told Jacob to do, was it right or was it wrong? It was wrong. And this brings me to my first point that the Bible gives us, and that is this. You can love someone, and that love can be sincere, but love can sometimes be misguided. 
I know that every parent, every parent, they want the best for their children. How many, okay, I don't know if this is just a cultural thing, but, I, you know, I grew up in an in a Asian-American subculture. And when I was young, almost without fail, all of the parents, all of the parents, they all, they all encouraged their children. They said, look, when you grow up, you got to be a doctor. Now, being a doctor is great. There's nothing wrong with being a doctor if that's what God calls you to do. Does that make sense? But what if God doesn't call you to be a doctor? What if God called you to be, God forbid, a pastor? <laughs> now, now, do you understand the point, though? You see, sometimes we love our children so much and we want what we think is best for them but it's not always what God wants that's always the priority for us, right? This is a true story. I had a friend. She was single and, you know, very nice, you know, pleasant Adventist. And her parents, they were pushing her because she had someone that was interested and he was a doctor. And they said, yeah, just marry him. He's a doctor. But you know what the problem was? It's not that he was, he, he was a doctor, sure. The problem was that spiritually, they were not on the same page. And you know, parents, they want what's best for their kids in their own understanding. I know Rebecca loved her children. I know she loved them. She loved Jacob and she said, Jacob, just do this. And you know, that parent, when she was saying, you know, oh, but he's a doctor. You know, sometimes we want things for our children not realizing that it can have a long-term effect that we never even considered. You know, I know parents that let their children play sports on Sabbath. And this is the reasoning. I've heard them say this. Well, you know, my son, he's going to be, he's going to get a scholarship to, to college for, you know, baseball or basketball. And then when he gets the scholarship, then, you know, as he gets older, he'll get more serious about God. What, what, if, what if he does get the scholarship, but what if he completely leaves the church? See, love is something, but love can be misguided. Rebecca, she loved Jacob, but what she's telling Jacob to do was completely wrong. And I want you to notice, I want you to notice what happens now. So come down with me to verse 18. This is Jacob. And I want you to notice what happens because he did what his mother told him to do. So he went to his father and said, my father. And he said, this is Isaac, here am I. Who are you, my son? And Jacob said to his father, what did he say? I am who? Esau. So right away, by obeying his mother, Jacob now begins to what? What is he doing now? He's lying. And this is just the beginning of the lies. Watch what happens next. He says, I am Esau, your firstborn. I have done just as you have told me. Please arise, sit and eat of my game that you, your soul may bless me. Now, I don't know if you remember this, but the father told Esau to go hunt like venison, like game, right? So the second lie is that 
Jacob got goats. Now, I'm not a meat connoisseur, but I'm pretty sure that deer meat and goat meat, they don't taste the same. I've actually tasted venison before. It has a very, it has like a wild flavor. It tastes different than other kinds of meat. Now, very interesting because this is the beginning. Have you ever heard the saying, one lie leads to another, right? So now he's just going to keep lying. I want you to notice what, what he says. But Isaac said to his son, how is it that you found it so quickly, my son? And he said, because the Lord your God brought it to me. This is another lie. Everything that Jacob is doing now is just lie after lie after lie. Now, this has a very simple lesson. When we begin into sin, when we get into sin, have you ever noticed that one sin, one compromise, it leads to another sin or another compromise? Have you noticed that? One sin leads to another, leads to another, and leads to another. And folks, I want you to look at your own lives. I want you to examine your own lives. Because very often, very often, if we compromise on the Sabbath, keeping Sabbath faithfully, if we compromise on that, what happens is next you end up in a place where maybe Christians shouldn't even be. And then pretty soon you find yourself doing things that it's not just not fit for Sabbath, but it's probably not fit at all for God's people. And so this is how Satan brings us from one compromise to another to another, and down this road we go. I want to challenge you because in this particular story, Jacob's experience, it's a lesson for us. Oh, by the way, did you notice something? Jacob put on his brother's clothes he put on the skins to, you know, imitate the brother's hairiness. And, <clears throat> you know, this is something about sin. Um, what we do, it always comes back to us. So Jacob pretended to be his brother. In other words, he pretended to be somebody else. And did you know that later in Jacob's life, someone did the exact same thing to him? Who? His wife. Do you remember Leah? Leah, <laughs> Leah pretended to be who? Rachel. I'm only going to tell this story because some of you know this person, but you've heard of the speaker Doug Batchelor. I know you have, right? Did you know that Doug, before he became the speaker director for Amazing Facts, when he lived as a homeless person in the mountains, he used to steal. He would break into people's homes and he would steal things. And one time he went into a house, an apartment, and even though he was a thief, he was health conscious, okay? And in this apartment, they had whole wheat crackers, brand new box. And so while he was looking for things to steal, he got hungry. And so he ate the box of whole wheat crackers. And he noticed that on the box, it had a price. The price was like $1.16. This is back like over 40 years ago, okay? So anyway, he saw that, he ate the crackers, and he went home. Or I should say he went back to where he was staying. Well, when he went back, while he was out stealing... Some friends of his had come to his apartment and they had helped themselves to his, like, some of his food. 
He said when he got home, do you guys know what Tang is? Tang is an orange drink. I think they still sell it. He had bought a brand new jar of Tang orange mix. And while he was out stealing, his friends had drunk it all. It was brand new. He said he picked up the empty jar and on it, it said $1.16. And he thought, there has to be some connection here. Like, you know, I went and I ate the crackers and then they, they ate my, my tang. Now, why am I sharing this with you? The Bible says, be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also, what? Reap. If you trick someone like Jacob did, you're going to get tricked. If you break someone's heart, someone's going to break your heart. <laughs> you get it? If you steal from someone, someone's going to steal from you. Folks, let's remember, you know, there are so many reasons why we shouldn't sin. The main reason is because we love Jesus and we don't want to do what's wrong, amen? But don't miss this. If we do sin, it is almost a law of the universe that what we do, it always will come back to us. Those of you with a little more experience, I can see you like nodding your head like, yeah, I've been there. I know what, I'm, I know what he's talking about. But that's the truth. Now, come, I'm going to skip the, 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 the latter part of this, because I think you know, Esau comes back and he wants to, he finds out what happens and he wants to kill Jacob. So the mother says, Jacob, you got to get out of here. So come with me now to chapter uh, 27 and the last part of it. I want you to look with me. No, no, sorry. Chapter 28. I want you to come with me to verse uh, 10. Now, please, please remember this. Jacob is running away from home, not because he wants to take a trip, because he tricked his father, he lied to his father, he stole from his brother, and now he's running away because he's made some big mistakes. And the Bible says that as he's going, he comes to a place in, a, in this foreign country where he lies down and he has a pillow for, uh, I'm sorry, he has a stone for his pillow. Now, I don't know about you, but I have a very comfortable bed at home and I, no matter what hotel I sleep in, there is no bed as comfortable as my bed at home, okay? Doesn't matter. Can you imagine being away from home, sleeping on the ground with a rock for your pillow, and you're all by yourself. Remember, back then, there was no cell phones. There was no land phones. They didn't have anything. He was away. He didn't have any family around him. He was in a foreign country all by himself. Then he has a dream, and I want you to notice this dream. So the Bible says... Verse 11, so he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun had set. And he took one of the stones of that place and put it at his head, and he lay down in that place to sleep. Verse 12, then he dreamed, and behold, a what? 
a ladder was set up on the earth, and its top reached to heaven, and there angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Verse 13, and behold, the Lord stood above it and said, I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land on which you lie, I will give to you and your descendants. And then I'm going to just ask you to jump down to verse 15. Behold, I am with you and will keep you wherever you go and will bring you back to this land for I, have, I will not leave you until I have done that which I have spoken to you. Now, folks, this part of the story is where we find the, one of the most heartwarming promises in the Bible. Now, I want you to just notice something here. How many of you have ever experienced this? Like your phone, you leave it at home. Have you ever felt like lost a little bit? Or not lost, but have you ever felt like, okay, my phone is not with me? Now, some of the older ones, you probably may not ha have this, but like if you're younger and you're used to always having your phone and you use it for social media and GPS and all of that, I think you know what I'm talking about. You leave your phone at home and suddenly you feel like, hey, what am I going to do? Like, I can't function without this, right? Now, I use my phone for the GPS. I use it to check my emails. But one of the reasons I like having my phone is because if I need to, I can always call someone. Does it make sense? In other words, <clears throat> the phone is, is in a way, it's a form of connection. Does, does that make sense? So Jacob is running away. He's all by himself. There's, you know, his brother hates him, wants to kill him. He deceived his father. You know, all of these things have gone wrong, and now he's in a foreign country. He's all alone. And in that condition, Jacob has a dream. And in the dream, what does he see? He sees, of all the things, he sees a ladder. Now, I don't know if I should say this, but I, I'm going to just make an attempt at this. I think that if Jacob was living today in the same situation, I think God would have showed him something different. Like maybe he might have showed him like a cell phone. <laughs> Why? The ladder, what does a ladder do? A ladder, in essence, it connects two points. One that you cannot reach unless you have the ladder. Does that make sense? And see, Jacob, that's what he needed. He was all by himself, alone in a foreign country, he was there because he had made a mistake. You know, sometimes I think we get trials that we don't think it's our fault. You know, something happens to us at work, you know, and, and sometimes when we have that, we think, God, why did you allow this to happen to me? But some trials come to us because we made a bad choice. We did something wrong. And when that happens, we feel guilty and we feel like God doesn't care. Isn't that true? Jacob was alone. He had nobody around him. And in that condition, God showed him a ladder. And don't miss this. The Bible specific, it said that it reached all the way down to where he was and it reached all the way up to God. 
Now, what does this mean? And why now? Okay, so let me just share with you why God showed this vision to Jacob. Because Jacob felt guilty. He knew that he had done wrong. And you know, God doesn't speak to us so vividly until we have a recognition of our own sinfulness. Do you remember David? When Nathan came to him, this was in the lesson last week, Nathan came to him and said, David, you are the man. Guess what? It was from that point that David realized his own true condition. Isn't that true? He saw like, oh man, I am so sinful. I have been doing all of this. Um, Do you remember when Jesus said to Nicodemus, he said, you have to be born again. Nicodemus realized, hey, I'm a teacher. People respect me. I'm rich. But I'm missing something. Jacob recognized his need. Remember when Jesus said to the woman at the well, he he said to her, go call your husband. In all of these stories, it's when these people recognize their own condition that God was able to show them something worthy of salvation. If you're sitting here today and you feel like, hey, I'm a good person. I'm not as bad as him. I'm not as bad as her or, you know, that colleague at work. Folks, God wants you to come to that place where you're all by yourself You have no earthly support. You feel guilty because of your own sins, your own choices. And it's at that point that God can reveal to you his plan for your salvation. That's the position that God wants to bring us to. I want you to notice something else. Jacob was at a place where there was nobody around him. And God does this over and over. Look at the story of the prodigal son. When when did the prodigal son wake up? When? It's when he was far away from home. All of his friends were gone. All of the money was gone. And that's when he realized, hey, I've got to go back. That's when he realized, I have to go back. I want you to think of Saul. You remember Paul, who later becomes Paul, but Saul. He's blind. He's all by himself. That's when he realized finally who Jesus was. That's when he began to put the Bible together and he realized Jesus is the man that is fulfilled in all of the Old Testament prophecies. You know, if you want to be, if you want to experience what Jacob experienced, Jacob saw God's love. Because I want you to think about this. Jacob was all alone. There was nobody there. And he's got a pillow he's sleeping on. And then God says to him, Jacob, I'm not going to only bring you all the way there, but I'm going to bring you back and I'm going to keep you. In other words, I'm going to protect you. The only thing that I can think of is like the, you know, if the federal government puts you into like witness protection and they say, look, like nobody can touch this guy. He's ours. This was God's way of saying to Jacob, Jacob, you sinned, you made a mistake, but I still love you. 
and I'm going to take care of you. And I want you to notice what happens. Look with me at what Jacob does when he wakes up. Verse 16, then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, how awesome is this place? This is none other than the house of God and this is the gate of heaven. Verse 18, then Jacob rose up early in the morning and he took that stone that he had put at his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil on top of it. And he called the name of that place Bethel. Now, let me see if I can explain. Jacob, at this point in his experience, he is consecrating himself to God. He's giving himself to God. So why did he go from lying to his father, deceiving his father, cheating his brother, running away? Why all of a sudden does he give himself to God? What, what was the motivation? Come with me to the book of Romans. <clears throat> Look with me at chapter 2, and let's look at verse 4. I think I've touched on this verse a few weeks back, but in this story, this is very much relevant to this experience. Romans 2, look with me at verse 4, and here's what the Bible says. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance, and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God, what does it do? It leads you. Notice that. It doesn't force you. It doesn't push you. The goodness of God, it leads you to repentance. Jacob was all alone. He was guilty because he had done wrong. And when he was in that case, with no friends, nobody around him, God shows him a vision, and he says, Jacob, I'm going to be with you. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to even bring you all the way back. And Jacob says, God, if you're so loving, if you're so kind, if you're so forgiving and merciful, even when I've made such a terrible mess of my life, I'm definitely going to serve you. If you read a little bit more, Jacob says, I'm going to return one-tenth of everything that you give me back to you. Friends, <clears throat> One of the things that I want to impress upon your minds today is that God doesn't push us. He doesn't guilt us. God loves us into repentance. As you look at your own life, I want you to think back to a time when you just made mistakes and mistakes and mistakes. And if you can think back to that time, even in the midst of those mistakes, God's love was still there. And you know something? God shows us his love because what he wants us to realize is, look, I care about you, I love you, and I want you to commit yourself fully to me. That's why the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leads us to repentance. Has he been good to you, church? He's been good to me. And you know, as I think about this story, it's an encouragement to us. It's an encouragement to me because I have made some terrible decisions in my life. But you know what? God is still merciful. God still is caring, even in the midst of our mistakes. That's the kind of God that we can all serve. Amen?
I want to invite you to bow your heads with me as we pray. Father in heaven today, help us to love, but to love with principle. Lord, there are parents in here. Help them to love those children in the fear of the Lord. I also pray that we can always remember that whatever we sow, we reap. If we sow sin, we'll reap a bitter harvest. But if we sow righteousness, our reward will be in heaven. And Father, today, thank you that you love us even when we make terrible mistakes. You're merciful. You're gracious to us. And when we see that love, help it to melt our stubborn hearts Help us to come back and fully consecrate ourselves to you.